2 Samuel chapter 14 Now Joab, son of Zeruiah, perceived that the king's heart longed for Absalom. So when Joab sent to Tekoa to bring a wise woman from there, he told her, Please, pretend to be a mourner. Put on clothes for mourning, and do not anoint yourself with oil. Act like a woman who has mourned for the dead a long time. Then go to the king and speak these words to him. And Joab put the words in her mouth. When the woman from Tekoa went to the king, she fell face down in homage and said, Help me, O king. What troubles you? the king asked her. Indeed, she said, I am a widow, for my husband is dead. And your maidservant had two sons who were fighting in the field with no one to separate them, and one struck the other and killed him. Now the whole clan has risen up against your maidservant and said, Hand over the one who struck down his brother, that we may put him to death for the life of the brother whom he killed. Then we will cut off the air as well. So they would extinguish my one remaining ember by not preserving my husband's name or posterity on the earth. Go home, the king said to the woman, and I will give orders on your behalf. But the woman of Tekoa said to the king, My lord, the king, may any blame be on me and on my father's house, and may the king and his throne be guiltless. If anyone speaks to you, said the king, bring him to me, and he will not trouble you again. Please, she replied, may the king invoke the Lord your God to prevent the avenger of blood from increasing the devastation, so that my son may not be destroyed. As surely as the Lord lives, he vowed, not a hair of your son's head will fall to the ground. Then the woman said, Please, may your servant speak a word to my lord the king. Speak, he replied. The woman asked, Why have you devised a thing like this against the people of God? When the king says this, does he not convict himself, since he has not brought back his own banished son? For surely we will die and be like water poured out on the ground, which cannot be recovered. Yet God does not take away a life, but he devises ways that the banished one may not be cast out from him. Now therefore I have come to present this matter to my lord the king, because the people have made me afraid. Your servant thought, I will speak to the king, perhaps he will grant the request of his maidservant, for the king will hear and deliver his maidservant from the hand of the man who would cut off both me and my son from God's inheritance. And now your servant says, May the word of my lord the king bring me rest, for my lord the king is able to discern good and evil, just like the angel of God. May the Lord your God be with you. Then the king said to the woman, I'm going to ask you something. Do not conceal it from me. Let my lord the king speak, she replied. So the king asked, Is the hand of Joab behind all this? The woman answered, As surely as you live, my lord the king, no one can turn to the right or to the left from anything that my lord the king says. Yes, your servant Joab is the one who gave me orders. He told your maidservant exactly what to say. Joab, your servant, has done this to bring about this change of affairs, but my Lord has wisdom, like the wisdom of the angel of God, to know everything that happens in the land. Then the king said to Joab, I hereby grant this request. Go, bring back the young man Absalom. Joab fell face down in homage and blessed the king. Today, said Joab, your servant knows that he has found favor with you, my lord the king, because the king has granted his request. So Joab got up, went to Jeshur, and brought Absalom to Jerusalem. 
But the king added, He may return to his house, but he must not see my face. So Absalom returned to his own house, but he did not see the king. Now there was not a man in all Israel as handsome and highly praised as Absalom. From the sole of his foot to the top of his head, he did not have a single flaw. And when he cut the hair of his head, he shaved it every year because his hair got so heavy, he would weigh it out to be two hundred shekels, according to the royal standard. Three sons were born to Absalom, and a daughter named Tamar, who was a beautiful woman. Now Absalom lived in Jerusalem two years without seeing the face of the king. Then he sent for Joab to send him to the king, but Joab refused to come to him. So Absalom sent a second time, but Joab still would not come. Then Absalom said to his servants, Look, Joab's field is next to mine, and he has barley there. Go and set it on fire. And Absalom's servants set the field on fire. Then Joab came to Absalom's house and demanded, Why did your servants set my field on fire? Look, said Absalom, I sent for you, and said, Come here, I want to send you to the king to ask, Why have I come back from Jeshur? It would be better for me if I were still there. So now let me see the king's face, and if there is iniquity in me, let him kill me. So Joab went and told the king, and David summoned Absalom, who came to him and bowed face down before him. Then the king kissed Absalom. Chapter 15 Sometime later, Absalom provided for himself a chariot with horses and fifty men to run ahead of him. He would get up early and stand beside the road leading to the city gate. Whenever anyone had a grievance to bring before the king for a decision, Absalom would call out and ask, What city are you from? And if he replied, Your servant is from one of the tribes of Israel, Absalom would say, Look, your claims are good and right, but the king has no deputy to hear you. And he would add, If only someone would appoint me judge in the land, then everyone with a grievance or dispute could come to me and I would give him justice. Also, when anyone approached to bow down to him, Absalom would reach out his hand, take hold of him, and kiss him. Absalom did this to all the Israelites who came to the king for justice. In this way, he stole the hearts of the men of Israel. After four years had passed, Absalom said to the king, Please, let me go to Hebron to fulfill a vow I've made to the Lord. For your servant made a vow while dwelling in Jeshur of Aram, saying, If indeed the Lord brings me back to Jerusalem, I will worship the Lord in Hebron. Go in peace, said the king. So Absalom got up and went to Hebron. Then Absalom sent spies throughout the tribes of Israel with this message. When you hear the sound of the horn, you are to say, Absalom reigns in Hebron. Two hundred men from Jerusalem accompanied Absalom. They'd been invited as guests, and they went along innocently, for they knew nothing about the matter. While Absalom was offering the sacrifices, he sent for Ahithophel the Gilonite, David's counselor, to come from his hometown of Gilo. So the conspiracy gained strength, and Absalom's following kept increasing. Then a messenger came to David and reported, The hearts of the men of Israel are with Absalom. And David said to all the servants with him in Jerusalem, Arise and let us flee, or we will not escape from Absalom. We must leave quickly, or he will soon overtake us, heap disaster on us, and put the city to the sword. The king's servants replied, Whatever our lord the king decides, we are your servants. Then the king set out, and his entire household followed him. But he left behind ten concubines to take care of the palace. So the king set out with all the people following him. He stopped at the last house, and all his servants marched past him, all the Sherathites and Pelathites, and six hundred Gittites, 
who had followed him from Gath. Then the king said to Atai the Gittite, Why should you also go with us? Go back and stay with the new king, since you are both a foreigner and an exile from your homeland. In fact, you arrived only yesterday. Should I make you wander around with us today while I do not know where I'm going? Go back and take your brothers with you. May the Lord show you loving devotion and faithfulness. But Atai answered the king, As surely as the Lord lives, and as my lord the king lives, wherever my lord the king may be, whether it means life or death, there will your servant be. March on then, said David to Atai. So Atai the Gittite marched past with all his men and all the little ones who were with him. Everyone in the countryside was weeping loudly as all the people passed by. As the king crossed the Kidron Valley, all the people also passed toward the way of the wilderness. Zadok was also there, and all the Levites with him were carrying the Ark of the Covenant of God. And they set down the Ark of God, and Abiathar offered sacrifices until the people had passed out of the city. Then the king said to Zadok, Return the Ark of God to the city. If I find favor in the eyes of the Lord, he will bring me back and let me see both it and his dwelling place again. But if he should say, I do not delight in you, then here I am. Let him do to me whatever seems good to him. The king also said to Zadok the priest, Are you not a seer? Return to the city in peace, you with your son Ahimez, and Abiathar with his son Jonathan. See, I will wait at the fords of the wilderness until word comes from you to inform me. So Zadok and Abiathar returned the ark of God to Jerusalem and stayed there. But David continued up the Mount of Olives, weeping as he went up. His head was covered, and he was walking barefoot. And all the people with him covered their heads and went up, weeping as they went. Now someone told David, Ahithophel is among the conspirators with Absalom. So David pleaded, O Lord, please turn the counsel of Ahithophel into foolishness. When David came to the summit, where he used to worship God, Hushai the archite was there to meet him with his robe torn and dust on his head. David said to him, If you go on with me, you will be a burden to me, but you can thwart the counsel of Ahithophel for me if you return to the city and say to Absalom, I will be your servant, my king. In the past I was your father's servant, but now I will be your servant. Will not Zadok and Abiathar the priest be there with you? Report to them everything you hear from the king's palace. Indeed, their two sons, Ahimez, son of Zadok, and Jonathan, son of Abiathar, are there with them. Send them to me with everything you hear. So David's friend Hushai arrived in Jerusalem just as Absalom was entering the city. Chapter 16 When David had gone a little beyond the summit, Ziba, the servant of Mephibosheth, was there to meet him. He had a pair of saddled donkeys loaded with two hundred loaves of bread, a hundred clusters of raisins, a hundred summer fruits, and a skin of wine. Why do you have these? asked the king. Ziba replied, The donkeys are for the king's household to ride, the bread and summer fruit are for the young men to eat, and the wine is to refresh those who become exhausted in the wilderness. Where is your master's grandson? asked the king. And Ziba answered, Indeed, he is staying in Jerusalem, for he has said, Today the house of Israel will restore to me the kingdom of my grandfather. So the king said to Ziba, All that belongs to Mephibosheth is now yours. I humbly bow before you, said Ziba. May I find favor in your eyes, my lord the king. 
As King David approached Behurim, a man from the family of the house of Saul was just coming out. His name was Shimei, son of Gera, and as he approached, he kept yelling out curses. He threw stones at David and at all the servants of the king, though the troops and all the mighty men were on David's right and left. And as he yelled curses, Shimei said, Get out! Get out, you worthless men of bloodshed! The Lord has paid you back for all the blood of the house of Saul, in whose place you have reigned, and the Lord has delivered the kingdom into the hand of your son Absalom. See, you have come to ruin, because you are a man of bloodshed. Then Abishai, son of Zeruiah, said to the king, Why should this dead dog curse my lord the king? Let me go over and cut off his head. But the king replied, What have I to do with you, O sons of Zeruiah? If he curses me, because the Lord told him, Curse David, who can ask? Why did you do this? Then David said to Abishai and to his servants, Behold, my own son, my own flesh and blood, seeks my life. How much more than this Benjamite? Leave him alone and let him curse me, for the Lord has told him so. Perhaps the Lord will see my affliction and repay me with good for the cursing I received today. So David and his men proceeded along the road as Shimei went along the ridge of the hill opposite him. As Shimei went, he yelled curses, threw stones, and flung dust at David. Finally the king and all the people with him arrived exhausted, and there he refreshed himself. Then Absalom and all the men of Israel came to Jerusalem, and Ahithophel was with him. And David's friend Hushai the archite went to Absalom and said to him, Long live the king! Long live the king! Is this the loyalty you show your friend? Absalom replied, Why did you not go with your friend? Not at all, Hushai answered, for the one chosen by the Lord, by the people, and by all the men of Israel, his I will be, and with him I will remain. Furthermore, whom should I serve if not the Son? As I served in your father's presence, so also I serve in yours. Then Absalom said to Ahithophel, Give me counsel, what shall we do? Ahithophel replied, Sleep with your father's concubines, whom he has left to keep the palace, When all Israel hears that you have become a stench to your father, then the hands of all who are with you will be strengthened. So they pitched a tent for Absalom on the roof, and he slept with his father's concubines in the sight of all Israel. Now in those days the advice of Ahithophel was like the consultation of the word of God. Such was the regard that both David and Absalom had for Ahithophel's advice.